Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects. It's Bible prophecy. So if you don't like Bible prophecy, if you don't want to learn about the end of the world and uh, you know what it's like, the very last battle of Armageddon, then now's a good time to click away. But if you're like me, I love this. I love it. I love it. And it sounds crazy, but uh, I, I love to see the return of Jesus. I love to see his power and his victory. And this is the story of about how Jesus gets the victory. On the very last day, this is a picture of what happens. So it's called, When Russia Attacks Israel, or Armageddon. First question, if you're going to understand this, and let me just tell you why you don't, because there's a scripture in there where it starts talking about, and they will not take any wood out of the forests, and people get confused. Wait a minute, wait a minute, okay? So it puts everything out of place if you don't understand this one little thing. Sad to say there's a lot of other one little things you've got to understand to put this all together. So who are the nations? Well, they are the people that have not accepted Jesus, but they've also not taken the mark of the beast. They're what the Bible calls the corners not harvested. They didn't make a decision. Revelation 21.8 is describing them, but the fearful, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burned with the fire and brimstone. Now, I might mention that they are not tossed there until the end of the tribulation, or if they sin, a morning star judge shows up and hits them with a morning star, which is a lightsaber that comes out of the mouth. Remember, the two witnesses do the same thing. And I will give power to my two witnesses. They shall prophesy a thousand two hundred three score days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees, the two candlesticks stand before God of the earth. And if any man hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. If any man hurt them, if any man hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. Meaning, that fire is the morning star. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works to the end, the same will I give power over the nations. The nations, that's who we're talking about, these people, the nations. They shall rule them with the rod of iron, and as the vessels of a potter, they shall be broken to shivers or ashes, even as are received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. So, if you keep Jesus' work until the end, don't sin, don't fall, then you get the morning star. I want the morning star. So who are the nations? They are the bums, the harlots, the drug cartels, the homeless, outcasts, not part of society. Revelation twenty two fourteen gives another description. Blessed are they which do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life. They may enter in through the gates into the city. That's us. <laughs> but without our drug cartels, <laughs> drug pushers, that's what it's saying, dog sorcerers, whoremongers. By the way, what's a whoremonger? I had to look this up years ago. It surprised me. A whoremonger is a man that goes after women continually. Not a woman. She's called a harlot. But a whoremonger is a man that continually goes after women. Whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and whosoever loveth them maketh a lie. Now, there's only four groups of people, and I try to keep this real simple. So those are a few of them that have their name in the book of life. Most of them do not have their name in the book of life. And most of them that do not have their name in the book of life throughout history, most of them will take the mark of the beast. But the nations, there's a small sliver of them 
They don't accept Jesus, but they don't take the mark either. Who are the people of the unwalled villages? If you're going to understand this, you've got to understand who they are. Revelation 12, 5. And, he shot, and she brought forth a man-child. This is talking about Israel bringing forth Jesus, the man-child, who is to rule all nations with the rod of iron. The rod of iron means if you sin once after he's returned, that's when the unjust shall be unjust still. He that is filthy shall be filthy still. He that is righteous shall be righteous still. He that is unrighteous, that should be holy, shall be holy still. In other words, when Jesus returns after the date, the last Feast of Atonement, there is no more judgment. There is no more sin. Any one of those nations, of course, we can't sin. But any one of the nations that sin, Morningstar Judge shows up, at the speed of thought, hits them with the morning star. They fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. That's what it's talking about. Man-child, who is to rule all nations with a rod of iron, is their child, Jesus, was caught up to God into his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness. That means the Jews. That means the people. This is talking specifically in the middle of the tribulation. In the middle of the tribulation, I'm going to show you the scripture in just a second, when they see the abomination of, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, means when they see the Antichrist sit on the Ark of the Covenant, they are told to run. Run for your life. That's what it's talking about. The woman fled into the wilderness. What's the wilderness? We'll go back into the Old Testament. The wilderness is Saudi Arabia. And that's where they're going. Back to the old Mount Sinai. We'll get there. Fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. That's one of the things I want to do. Once we hit oil in Israel, if someone has not already beat me to it, uh, and, and it may be, may be that Saudi Arabia people are actually already preparing that place in a city called Neom. They're making this big, long, giant, one building, huge, like many stories tall. It's just one big, long building right through the sand. And it may be that God is having them prepare that for the Jews in the middle of the tribulation. But if not, then, you know, maybe we'll go down and prepare that. Anyway, now, it says, And the woman which were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time, that's one year, times, that's two years, and half a time, or three and a half years, or the last three and a half years of the tribulation. And that's one of the other reasons we know that when Satan is kicked out of heaven, that's in the middle of the tribulation. That's when he sits on the Ark of the Covenant, proclaims himself God, stops animal sacrifice, requires all people to worship him. Now, let's back up because a lot of people don't understand. Do you see this area right here? I'll put you on two wings of a great eagle. That's not an airplane, <laughs> one person said. As a matter of fact, I think I may have even taught that at one time. Anyway, Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, Tell the children of Israel, as you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. In other words, when God takes the Jews or took them out of Egypt, he brought them out on the wings of an eagle. And in the middle of the tribulation, when those people that do know their God, that understand the New Testament, receive Jesus, when they see the abomination of desolation, they will leave that and they will run 216 miles down south, straight south, to the real Mount Sinai. We'll get to that, too. Matter of fact, here, I think I've got it right in here next. 
So here's where it talks about the abomination of desolation. I'm going to move, move through it quickly. I've got a lot to cover. When you therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, that's when he says, flee to the mountains. This is the date that confirms it is talking about Armageddon. That's the when the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even of the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. This is the day of Armageddon. Then it's talking about how the devil gets kicked out of heaven. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and you that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down, and he having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. This happens in the middle of the tribulation. I think I've got that on a chart here. Okay, so this is, remember the audible voice told me when I was writing the book Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. If you've not read it, you want to read it. Get it at prophecyclub.com. The audible voice said, the seven seals here play over seven years. Stop out here. The seven trumpets play over seven months, and the seven vials play over seven days. I heard an audible voice tell me that. Now, in the middle of the tribulation, this is when Satan is kicked out of his kingdom. This is when he sits on the Ark of the Covenant. This is when the two witnesses appear, and that's the, the days of the Great Tribulation. Now, let me back up. So, this is when, and I saw the dragon which was cast to the earth. He persecuted the woman, that would be Israel which brought forth the man-child, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that's talking about the same thing, that she might fly into the wilderness where she is nourished for a time, time from the face of the serpent. On the way down, though, then the, the serpent cast water out of his mouth as a flood after the woman that it might cause her to be carried away of the flood. So as these thousands of people see the Antichrist set on the Ark of the Covenant, they leave and they're running straight south down to the real Mount Sinai, on the way, there's a big flood. Well, we know that the devil has scalar wave. He can cause floods or hurricanes or droughts or wherever he wants to. So he sends a great flood trying to drown them. But the earth has a big crack come in, swallows up the flood to protect the woman. And then the devil gets really, really mad because he sees that God is protecting them. So what does he do? So then he went to make war with the remnant of their seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So there are some people that are that, that hang behind. They they see the Ark of the Covenant, they see the Antichrist set on it, but they don't recognize that that is the abomination of desolation. They stay for whatever reason in Jerusalem. It's a bad thing. But those people that leave and go 216 miles down south, those are the ones supernaturally protected for the last three and a half years by the hand of God. Now, I'm done with that, so let me move on. So, they're up here in Jerusalem, got it? They see the Ark of the Covenant set on. Man proclaims himself God. So they run 216 miles straight down to which the real Mount Sinai is here. The false one is over here in this peninsula. That's not it. It's the real one here. Here's another way to look at it. This is Sinai down here, another chart. I actually took, this is a screenshot of when I took this when I was at Elam. So, they'll come from down here, way up here is, is, is Jerusalem. They'll come down through these wadis. Someplace on the way down here, the devil sends a big flood, but the earth causes a crack, swallows up the flood, and then they're able to come on down here over to here to Mount Sinai. Here's another. I've got this as a video. It's really, really cool. So I'm going to play it, but I'll explain to you what you're looking at. So when the children of Israel left Egypt, they came down this wadi. They went across there and across there. 
Then they came down along the seashore here to Elam. Now, Elam is a big crack in this mountain. This is actually a very tall mountain. I've been, Leslie and I went on up, way up in there. And then they went over from here. They went to, like, here's the split rock. This is where Moses struck the rock and water came out. Then they went to Jabal Allah's. This is where the burning bush was located. Um, let you look at the split rock. Again, I've been there. I've covered that. I've got pictures of it. I've showed you pictures of it. Uh, as a matter of fact, that, that, that he goes, he still got to take those tours. He might check that out. Burning bush here. Uh, Moses altar is here. Golden calf. And here is Mount Sinai. So when they see the abomination of desolation take place, that happens up here in Jerusalem. And then they'll go 216 miles straight down south to the real Mount Sinai. And that's where they offer worship, uh, a sacri sacrifice of praise. Not sacrifice of animals, sacrifice of praise. These are Christians. And by that time, I believe that Saudi Arabia will be part of Israel at that time. So I think there's a big war where Israel gets back all of the land, which is from the Euphrates all the way over to the Nile. They get All that is their land, according to the Bible. Let's move on, though. Now, the big question is, so why, if there's massive amounts of oil in Israel, why hasn't God given it to Israel? Well, this, these verses tell you the, 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 the why. And I don't have time to read them all, but I'll just read a few. So verse 7, Thou callest in trouble, I delivered thee. So he's talking about Moses. I answered thee in the secret place of thunder. Remember, there was thunder and, and fire ran across the ground. I proved thee at the waters of Meribah. That's where the waters were. And again, I've been there too. The waters were uh, uh, salty. And then Moses threw in a tree and they turned sweet waters. So then it goes on and says, Hear, O my people, I will testify to thee, O Israel, if thou wilt hearken unto me. There shall no, he gives them orders, be no strange God shall be in thee, and neither shall thou worship any strange God. Are there strange gods in Israel? Yep. Are there strange gods in America? Yep, there are. Other religions. And he says, I'm the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. In other words, I will bless you. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them up to their own lusts, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened to me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies. Right now, Israel got a lot of enemies, not only around her, but in her. And turned my hand against her adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto him, but their time should have endured forever. In other words, if Israel had stayed with the Lord, all these problems would have come upon her. Now, here's the point. Now, let's get back to Ezekiel 38. And this is the whole point that I want to get to today, and I love these verses. And I'm going to have to move really fast because probably this is an hour teaching. I'm going to cover it in about 15 minutes. Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. The short answer is, that's Russia. Say, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I'm against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws. Now, when on October 28th of 2001, when Leslie had the dream and she was shown where the river of oil flows underneath Israel, it flows in a reverse J configuration. won't tell you where, but it flows in a reverse configuration. We know where the oil is in Israel. 
And I will bring thee back, and all thy army and horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. This is Lucifer, all of his giants, his Nephilim, everything, every bullet, every, everything that the Lucifer can possibly muster, he's coming down to destroy and kill every Jew on the planet. He thinks he's going to be victorious. He thinks he will kill all the Jews, and then he will be able to rule the planet. Uh, wrong, <laughs> because Jesus returns. There's another scripture that says, though the whole, the whole world were to come down to attack Israel, they will not be successful. Gomer, and that is part of Turkey, and all his bands, the house of Tagarmut, that's also part of Turkey, Turkey, and the north quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee. Be thou prepared, and prepare thyself, and all thy company that are assembled with thee, and be thou a guard unto them. I'm trying to get to the point here. After many days thou shalt be visited in the latter years. So this is actually the day Jesus returns. Thou shalt come into the land that is brought back out of the sword, and gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel. Now when it says the mountains of Israel, it's talking about the nation of Israel, which have been always waste, but is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Is Israel dwelling safely today? No, they are not. But there's going to be a big war. Israel is going to emerge victorious from that war, get back all of our land. And the thing that will give them the money to be victorious in that war is massive amounts of oil discovered in Israel. See how it fits together. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall come to pass, that at that same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. Thou shalt say, I'll go up to the land of unwalled villages. Now, one of the things I want to do is when we hit oil in Israel, I want to go to Israel and say, I want to buy an airline and with your cooperation and permission, what I'd like to do is fly Christians and Jews back to Israel. This will be probably after the war, where they get back all of their land. Christians and Jews back to Israel from around the world. I want to say, you vet the Jews, I'll vet the Christians. And I want to have them go through a panel of Christians that sit there, because a real Christian knows another Christian. And you can ask someone two or three questions, and you know whether they're a Christian. Simple as that. Two or three questions, you know if they're faking it. And nobody, that's one thing they can't fake, is being a Christian. A couple of questions, and you got them. Bring them back to Israel. Now, I, got, I don't have time to discuss all that, but I believe I know where we want to build the land of unwalled villages. And that's the Christians and Jews. What I want to say to Israel is, if you give me a plot of land, I'll fly them back, we'll feed them, we'll house them, we'll clothe them. We'll get them all ready to go, and that's that land of unwalled villages. I'll go to them that are to rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, having neither bars nor gates, to take a spoil, to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, that's the Christians and Jews, which have gotten cattle and goods. In other words, one of the things we want to do is bring a lot of the cattle, because, I mean, that's the food for most Americans. We love, we love beef, okay? Cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. Sheba and Dedan, that's people that live over on the east side of Saudi Arabia. And the merchants of Tarshish, that's probably England. With all the young line thereof shall say to thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? So that tells you how many people at that time have moved into these land of unwalled villages. 
and they have cattle and goods and well in the midst of the lands. They have gold and silver. They are they bring a lot of their wealth. And that's one of the things I want to do is to buy an airline. Moving along now. Thou shalt come to that place out of the north parts. Well, go up north of Israel. What do you find? Russia. North parts. Thou many people with thee. All of them riding upon horses. A great company, company and a mighty army. Thou shalt come against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, specifically the last day. This is Armageddon. I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me, that I shall be sanctified in thee. What does that mean? It means that once I hit the earth with the morning star, cleanse it that all sin, going all the way to the center of the earth, all of the tares fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, the two angels with the sharp sickles slash the grapes. That's the reason the blood rises to the horse bridles by the space of 1,600 furlongs. Thus saith the Lord God, Art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them? And it shall come to pass at the same time, when Gog, or Russia, shall come down against the land of Israel, saith the Lord, now here it is. Fury, his anger, he's talking about the morning star. He is just coming from the marriage supper of the Lamb, Jesus and us. We've been at the marriage supper of the Lamb for the four, last four months. We saw him change from lamb to lion, change from prince to the kings of the earth to become the king of kings and lord of lords. He's given a white horse, and so are we. We are then taken... We are, in, at that point, still in our wedding garments. Then when he blows the trump, excuse me, when he blows the morning star down, that's when we get our glorified body. We all get at the same time, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. We flame on. We get a glorified body. We get our mantles, our crowns, our rewards. For us, eternity starts in that millisecond, faster than the blink of an eye. And the blink of an eye at the last trump. Then he blows his glory down. That's what he's saying here. My fury shall come up in my face. For in my jealousy and the fire of my wrath, that's the, the morning star, that fire, that light sword that comes out of his mouth. Fire of my wrath, as I have spoken, surely in that day. Isaiah seventeen fourteen says, in the evening they are, in the morning they are not. It's less than 24 hours. In that day there should be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea, the fowls of the heaven, the beasts of the field, and all the creeping things... The creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. Why? Because he's causing every high place to fall, every low place to fill in. The crooked places are made straight. The rough places are made smooth. There's no more sea. The earth shakes for 10 days from the Feast of Trumpets to the Feast of Atonement. For 10 days it shakes and he turns it into a nice round smooth ball. Shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down. And the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother, and I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood. And I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon many people that are with him. An overflowing rain, that's not water, that's fire. That's the morning star. An overflowing rain, and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus will I magnify myself, and I will sanctify myself. And I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Nations, okay? We already know him, but the nations will then know him, but they don't get saved. They don't get their name in the book of life. And they shall know that I am the Lord. Therefore, son of man, prophesy against Gog 
and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tobal, and I will turn thee back and leave but a sixth part of thee, and I will cause thee to come down from the north parts, north of Israel, and I will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel, and I will smite thy bow out of the right of thy left hand. I will cause thine arrows to fall out of the right hand. So whatever the devil is bringing down, and it's more than just Russia, it's Russia and all of her hordes. It's also Lucifer. It's everything he's got coming down to attack. That shall fall upon the mountains of Israel. Thou and all thy bands and the people that is with thee, and I'll give thee into the ravenous birds of every sort. To the beasts of the field to be devoured, thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. I will send fire, again he's talking about the morning star, on Magog, and among them that dwell carelessly in in the isles, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Now, let me point out something. I want you to see birds, I want you to see beasts, I want you to see fire. Now, so I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people, and I will not let them pollute my name any more. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord and the Holy One of Israel. Behold, it is come, and it is done, saith the Lord God. This is the day, day, less than 24 hours, the day whereof I have spoken. And they shall dwell in the cities of Israel, shall go forth and set on fire and burn the weapons. Now, here's a big confusing part. If you don't understand who the nations are, you'll miss this. Set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields, the bucklers, the bows, the arrows, and the hand staves, and the spears. And they shall burn them with fire seven years, so they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down any of the forest, for they shall burn the weapons with fire. Now, I talked to one guy that didn't know about the nations, and he said, Well, see, that there, that, that proves that, that Jesus doesn't even come for a whole other seven years, unless you think after Jesus has returned, you think they're still cutting down wood and, and burning wood and burning the weapons. Yes, they are. But this is not us. We're in the New Jerusalem. And he that, and he that, were, and he that uh, is overcometh, I'll make a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go no more out. I'll write upon him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which come down out of heaven from my God and write upon him my new name. That's not us. These are the nations. It's talking about the nations. They still have to build their own houses. They still have to hunt. They still have to harvest. Not us. <laughs> we can eat if we want to, but we don't have to. It shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel. The valley of the passengers are on the east of the sea, and it shall stop the noses of the passengers. And there they shall bury Gog and his multitude, and they shall call it the valley of Haman Gog. And seven months shall the house of Israel be burying them, and they shall make cleanse the land. Yea, all the people of the land shall bury them, and it shall be to them a renown that day. That I shall be glorified, saith the Lord God, and they shall sever up men of continual employment passing through the land to bury the passengers, those that remain on the face of the earth, to cleanse it after the end of the seven months shall they search. And the passengers that pass through the land, when they see a man's bone, they shall set a sign upon it till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Haman Gog. And also the name of the city shall be Hamona. Thus shall they cleanse the land. And thou, son of man, thus say the Lord God, speak to every feathered fowl of the beasts of the field. I want you to notice here, Feathered fowl, beast of the field, assemble yourselves together and yourselves in every side of my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you, even a great sacrifice on the mountains of Israel, that you may eat flesh and drink blood, that you may eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth and the rams and the lambs and the goats and the bullocks and all of them fatlings of Bashan. And you shall eat fat till you be full and drink blood till you be drunken of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. 
Thus you should be filled at my table with horses and chariots, and with mighty men, with all the men of war, saith the Lord God. Now, let me show you where Revelation says the same thing. Again, you want to notice feathered fowl, beast of the field. So in Revelation 19, it says, And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and them that sat on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast, and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered to make war against him that sat on the horse, that would be Jesus, and his army, that would be us. By the way, we don't fight just Jesus and the two angels with the sharp sickles. We just watch our hero Jesus destroy them. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, that wrought miracles before them, with which he deceived them, and had received the mark of the beast, and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast, now the key word here is, alive, cast alive into the lake burning with brimstone. Why did he pull the beast and the false prophet out? Because they don't get death. They don't get soul death. They're tossed into the lake of fire and brimstone, along with everyone that's taken the mark of the beast. Then a thousand years later, Lucifer is loosed out of his prison. He goes out to the four corners of the earth, Gog the Magog, to gather them to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went upon the breath of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. That's what happens to all of the rest of the nations. Then Lucifer is then tossed into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, along with the beast, the false prophet, and everybody who took the mark of the beast. Then, after the beast and the false prophet are then tossed into the lake of fire, then verse 21 takes place. And the remnant were slain by the sword, that would be the morning star, the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. And I will set my glory. What glory he's talking about now is once he sets his glory, it don't leave ever, ever again, because it is the morning star. It is the light. Jesus literally is the light of the world. The sun has gone out three days before this, and it never lights again. The sun, the moon, and the stars are all dissolved. In eternity, there is no sun. There is no moon. There is no stars. I just ran across that. I believe it's Isaiah 34, but I just ran across that here just a couple of weeks ago. I will set my glory among the heathen, and all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed and my hand that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. And the heathen, that's <laughs> talking about the nations shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity, because they trespassed, trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them, and gave them into the hand of their enemies, so they fell all by the sword. According to their uncleanness, according to their transgressions, have I done unto them, and I hid my face from them. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob. Now that means wealth. At this time there is no more curse. There is no more death for us, and even the people that are nations, uh, if they were to die at 100 years old, thought to have died as a child. They lived to be the age of a tree, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. The captivity of Jacob and mercy upon the whole house of Israel, I would be jealous for my holy name. 
After that, they have borne their shame and their trespasses, whereby they have trespassed against me. When they dwelt safely in their land, and none made them afraid. When I brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, here it comes, this is important, and I'm sanctified in them in the sight of many nations. Then shall they know that I am the Lord their God. Okay, so this is after Jesus' return, which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen, but have gathered them into their own land, now look, and have left none of them there anymore. Every Jew on the planet is going back to Israel, every one of them. Neither will I hide my face any more from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. It took me about 20 minutes to make these two loaves in my kitchen at an ingredient cost of about $12 each. In a time of food shortage and emergency, I'm going to cut each one of these loaves into 14 slices. Eat a slice in the morning and the afternoon, I'll be satisfied. You want long-term food storage? You want to cut your food costs? Here it is. Eat two whole wheat bread slices daily for about a year for about $800 each. JosephKitchen.com's wheat berries come in a nitrogen-infused 7-gallon pail for long-term storage. Most other emergency food costs about $10,000 per person per year. That's right, about $10,000 per person per year. But at Joseph Kitchen, you could do it for about $1,000 per person per year. Now, to get started at josephkitchen.com, you're going to need a machines package. That's going to give you the grinder, the bread machine, the knife slicer, all you need to make bread, and then you decide how much food you want to get. You want food six people one year, four people one year, two people one year, or just one person for a year, all at josephkitchen.com. About $1,000 per person per year at josephskitchen.com. Use the promo code PROPHECYCLUB. Get you a $50 discount. josephskitchen.com, promo code PROPHECYCLUB for a $50 discount on your first order. Terry Saka with CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. So what's going on in the world of finances? Why should they call today? Well, China has laid out in a speech a few weeks ago exactly what they think of the United States. I haven't seen that in my 55 years. With China and Russia forming these reserve currencies, new reserve currency, we better be prepared because that dollar is going to be in deep trouble and we're going to need assets to protect us from it. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. Call them or go online, cornerstoneassetmetals.com, or call them at 888-747-3309, 888-747-3309. I am having another Level 2, Level 2 School of the Watchman's Conference, and I'm calling this a teacher's course. It's going to be September 15 and 16. You can go to prophecyclub.com, and it'll tell you all of the details about it. And it gives you all of the requirements. I'll let you read that online. However, the big question is, you're going to be saying, well, what's the difference between level one and level two? Well, lots. Level one was primarily reading through most of the book of Revelation and teaching it. That's not be level two. Yes, we will do some reading. But this one is designed to make you a teacher of Bible prophecy, which, by the way, our office wants to know if you went through level one and if you have taught or have been invited to teach from the book of Revelation and you went through level one, send me an email. I'd like to know that. I know there's been at least one. I think there's two, maybe more. Anyway, I'd like to know. 
So level two is to teach you to the point to where you can be qualified to actually teach the book of Revelation. Now I'm going to tell you right up front, we're going to have a level three, God willing, and in that one I'm going to require people to memorize the book of Revelation to come to level three. And so there's going to be one year's difference between level two and level three. It took me a year to memorize it, so I figure it'll take you a year to memorize it. Some of you may even faster. So go to prophecyclub.com, and it'll give you all the details, tells you all about some of the difficult questions and things like that we're going to cover in level two. Level two is going to get you real close to being a a qualified teacher of Revelation. But by the time you get through level three, having memorized the book, pastor's going to listen to it. And that's where we're going with it.